1: I don't need to tell you that Southern California is a driving town. So it's important to have a car that's reliable and safe with superior performance. To me, that means a Toyota. But don't take my word for it. Visit buyatoyota.com. At buyatoyota.com, you'll get the tools to help you find the Toyota that's right for you. Compare all 25 models, find your local dealership, check out all the latest offers, and even set up a test drive. Your Southern California Toyota dealers make it easy. Toyota, let's go places.
2: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race. All-stars for RuCap here on Reality TV. We're half-pups for the penultimate episode of rupaul's drag race all stars for i have convened a panel of people around this lovely brunch table at the standard now open in five illustrious locations to talk through an eventful episode of rupaul's drag race to say the least first off leona boris you won the rock paper scissors face down with brent so you get to talk first how you doing
3: uh, it's rock, scissors, paper, according to Monique. So I just want to clarify that. Um, but yes, I'm I'm happy. I'm not suffering from chronic wig loss syndrome. I'm ready to go.
2: And this is a guy who I think it would be justified that like sex in the Ketter Girl 3, every time it flashes back to him, there's a different lower third just because of all the things that have happened in this man's life thus far. Brent, welcome out. How you doing?
4: All I heard in the introduction was face down and Brent. And I'm like, yeah, that that's pretty much me.
2: <laughs> so that's one of them that's one of them i think uh just face down so yeah yeah interesting second to last episode of drag race all Stars. did i call it
4: did i call it? i said i said they were gonna latrice gonna come back for one episode and then she's gonna get the boot that's what i
2: said to be okay. fair it was two it was two though some what? would argue that maybe it should have been one but it was two uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
3: By the so way, he, he rounded. Look,
4: he rounded. Yes, so let's talk about that. So, like, because uh, we we left off last week having you know, mixed feelings about the fact that Naomi eliminated Manila, and we go into this episode and the girls are sitting around the table and it's the cold open where it's like right after the elimination. And two things that are, come to my mind: number one, they didn't really do a great job of explaining it. I'm really really disappointed in either the editor's choices of what they showed of Naomi or Naomi's de- decision to be really vanilla about why she did what she did. And number two, they were really trying to throw Latrice under the bus (laughs) by showing her not shedding one tear, honey, one tear the entire time for her friend Manila, even flashing back to when Manila was bawling for Latrice, and then you flash forward to Latrice on the runway, she's just
2: like, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. I mean, to be fair, I do understand. Uh, you know, there was I think a meme going around last week of like Manila after Latrice's elimination, and it's her sobbing. And then Latrice after Manila's elimination, they took a shot of her smiling. I do think Latrice makes a good point here, where it's a very different situation where she's like, if it was either her or me, I'd rather her go over me. Whereas when it happened with Manila, you know, she was in the top and she wasn't. A, it wasn't. She wasn't up against Latrice, so I think she had you know stakes yeah, in the fact that she was safe. But, yeah, Brent, I wanted to ask you about that because you had said last week in the very beginning of this podcast, you know, all I hope for is that Naomi owns her shit and when she they come back and ask what and happened. she did and not.
4: You don't think she did? No, no, hell no! Are you kidding me? No! All we got was a mishmash of well, I eliminated Manila, and, you know, part of it was because she saved me last week. Part of it was because you know, she didn't really bring it with this challenge. And of course, you know, she's competition too. She had three wins. No, you eliminated her because you couldn't beat her at the end. Own your shit. I was so proud. Oh, God, my mic's falling down. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, seriously, i was so frustrated with this. Seriously, because I really wanted her to just say, you know what? I, I knew I couldn't beat her at the end and I really want the money. And that's all you got to say. That's all you got to say. But, Liana, that's not what happened here, I feel like. Are you with me on this or not?
3: So, OK, so I originally I thought Naomi had ulterior motives, but they just weren't being shown. But now I just kind of feel like she was being honest about her reasons. It's not the reasons that I wanted, but uh. I don't know. I kind of feel like she was just I, I mean, the fact that she did say Manila doesn't have my back, which I thought was funny. Um, I wanted to send her home because she was crazy or she was crazy competition, not because she was crazy competition. <sighs> She was crazy competition, but then she followed it up with, I owe it to Latrice. So it was really muddied. I feel like it could be potentially in there, but I don't know if Naomi is still uh, is conflating these two ideas of, well, Manila was a competition beast, and so I needed to send her home. And then this, you know, other reasoning with, well, Latrice saved me, so this is a tit-for-tat type situation.
4: Yeah, that's the thing about this, that though, Mike, is because when she says, well, Latrice saved me, but Latrice was going by the report card of it all. Let me, that's, she didn't save you because she was like, oh my God, Naomi, I'm going to save you with my lipstick. No, bitch. She was looking at the fact that, that Valentina had been in the bottom a few different times and the, the episode before both the bitches had pulled her lipstick. Okay. That's why she saved you. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's no other reason mm-hmm. why. It's not like it's not like she's like she took pity on you and said, "Oh, let me save you, Naomi, with my grand power. No, she just went by the stupid report card. And again, I'm totally fine. I'm not hating on. <sighs> I'm not hating on Naomi for her. That kind of sounds like you are. <laughs> I'm not hating on Naomi for her move. I'm hating on the fact that I, I it's, and I, I'm trying to find another way to say this because I feel like I, like I'm on a broken record, and I'm just saying, "Oh, she doesn't own her shit. She doesn't own her shit." But I don't feel like she did. And I don't feel like she really gave us uh, closure on it. Because I still feel somewhat conflicted. Because if she had said to me, you know, I knew I couldn't beat her. And I had to get rid of her. That's all it would have taken for me. But now the fact that I'm confronting the fact that, as Liana points out, that may, like, she may be telling us the truth in this moment. And that's even more frustrating if that's the case. (laughs) Like, I'd rather her be lying through her teeth. And I've looked on social media, and I, I feel like she's lying through her teeth. Like she just didn't want the full brunt of what the fans might send her way. Well, like she, she got it, and em- she got it anyway. So yeah, she didn't want to embrace it fully. She was trying to, she was trying to mitigate it a little bit.
2: I think that I agree that uh, you know her reasoning seems a bit conflicted. I think had she stopped at I sent Manila home because I wanted to, that's. <laughs> Basically, all she needed. And that's pretty much what Monet provided. Let's not write off Monet either, because Monet gives the logic of, well, Manila didn't save me that one time, and I'm a petty bitch, so I'm going to get rid of her, which is great for drama. But again, it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, it doesn't have not the most solid piece of logic in terms of eliminating someone from something that happened, you know, three weeks ago at this point, Liana.
3: Well, and you know when there's been so much talk of report card, report card, report card, and that really does seem to be the criteria that they've discussed to not have that be addressed at all. Like to 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 come at it from a place where you are simplifying it. That I'm a petty bitch from Brooklyn, and that's why I sent her home. I thought was really odd. Yeah, so hated that. yeah, like I, hated that. I wanted I wanted more. I was like, okay, but like no, though.
2: <laughs> I will I will give uh, credit to Trinity here who. Albeit was a little shocked, and we talked about the ramifications last week of you know, it's a it's a dual a double edged sword in that if people are gunning for the, the the queens to beat once they land in the bottom, that means she can be in trouble if she stumbles. But on the other hand, she did get rid of maybe her biggest competition in Manila, and that was sort of baked into uh, Trinity's comment about basically like, You're a shady bitch and also thank you very much, and then she walks away. <laughs> I think Trinity just sort of represented both sides there about how it worked both for and against her.
4: Yeah, I felt I said, yeah. like me at Leona. she was able to turn down the temperature a little bit cuz I felt like she was going to let him have it and then she was like she she made the great the, the best joke in the world and and uh, she seemed totally okay with it.
3: Yeah, yeah. That was fun to see. I really loved Monique and Trinity in this segment of both of them just being like, oh my God, you shady bitches. Like, I don't trust any of these hoes. Uh, But in a very sort of light way. And so, yeah, I think that that definitely cut the tension.
4: By the way, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but I was listening to uh, my friend Maddie Rance on YouTube when he was recapping this episode. And they were talking about the fact that Monet was just like, I would have just said... I would have just turned my lipstick over and said Manila, girl, bye. Like that. she said, it like it it uh, remind. They they said it reminded them of the time that uh, Kennedy Davenport
2: with great power comes great response milk, <laughs> <laughs> which is the complete opposite of Shangela doing the rug pull with like this queen has been so talented outside building her star power and therefore I eliminate Chi-Chi. Ooh! <laughs> If yes. only, but I, I do love the irony in that, Liana. In that, the two people that were on the sidelines throwing popcorn and saying this is shady are the two that are in power this episode, and the other mm-hmm. three that were involved in this big piece of drama in any way, shape, or form were the ones up for the elimination.
3: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. I'm telling you, it's the foreshadowing segment.
2: <laughs> All right, well let's let's get into this maxi challenge. Oh no! Uh, th- yeah, they're, they're, there's a lot to get into here. Uh, so we are doing. A scripted acting challenge, much like my best friend's squirrel friend's drag race friend thing wedding from last season. Uh, We're doing a knockoff parody of, luckily in this case, it's only one TV show. It is Sex and the Kitty Girl 3, which we're going to, I think we're going to talk about a lot of the confusing choices made in the course of writing this piece. Uh, But it seems like they're, doing the Rue Hollywood story about the making of this project that got eventually canned due to strife on set, but also they're showing scenes from it that I guess, you know, were were finalized before the movie ended. I'm not entirely sure, but... uh, It's raw footage, Mike. It's
4: raw footage.
2: I mean, raw (laughs) is the word we should be emphasizing there because this was a big old gaping wound, in my opinion. Uh, Liana, you sort of punctuated, I think, your feelings a minute ago, but... What did you think of this latest iteration in the Queens have to perform scripted comedy that's a parody of a popular piece of culture challenge?
3: <laughs> okay, so this is just continuing levels of me going, wait, what? Because it started when they were doing the, um they started on the rehearsal or they, you know, they were like doing the filming or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. So they're doing a recreation of it. And then when Ross talked about, okay, now you're going to pull out your scripts because this is a break between filming. I was like, wait, what? okay and then I actually watched the thing and I was somehow more confused than I was while I was watching them film it especially the clown thing but I I, it was just a whole mess and no wonder everyone sucked at this challenge and I think there is no way you're gonna put five talented drag queens on something and every single person's gonna suck I mean I guess Monique did well and obvious like uh did better at least but anyway it was just so bad and you have to imagine that again if you're gonna have those really great talented people on something and it's all it's gonna suck then there's something wrong with the writing and something wrong with the conception of this challenge
4: yeah, I I don't know what I, I'm trying to figure out. Where did they go wrong here? Because I agree that the only thing that was positive about this was Monique, and it was like Monique and everybody else, and so like somebody else by default had to be in the top, and it was Trinity. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't her by a long shot. Um, I I don't know. I, I don't know why it didn't work overall. I mean, I, I like the idea of it about uh, of of, of uh, showing you know raw footage of the initial taping like they've taped like you know a three works worth of footage of the movie. It eventually gets canned. They continue taping as they are taking breaks and we're seeing the e True Hollywood footage of it. Um and then we're getting confessionals behind the scenes. I mean I I, I liked it. It just was a little bit messy. And I I also didn't understand in the beginning when they were showing you know Ross with the Queens They basically showed everybody looking as bad as possible. And I know that's an editing trick that the editors are specifically using. But in the indie finished product, they were not that bad. None of them, I felt like, were that bad. And thus, I feel like you were going out of your way to throw somebody under the bus who was in the top. And I didn't understand the why. Even Monique, you tried to make her look bad. And I didn't understand that either. Um, maybe they were trying to hide the ball a little bit in terms of who eventually was going to do well once we saw the finished product, but I, I didn't think it helped their cause overall.
2: So, a few things on this. First, I'm a bit confused as to why they went with Sex in the City when you have five queens left. Because you're inevitably going to have, a, which I think this challenge particularly really resulted from, was just a complete imbalance when it came to roles in terms of writing and characterization. I guess bringing in the KJO thing is is fine, but, like, do something like Desperate Housewives, you know? Or or even, like, The View, something that involves five people. You have freaking Felicity Huffman on the panel, and you're not doing Desperate Housewives! Missed opportunity! That's so egregious. Yeah. And at at the same time, I, I thought that, you know, I honestly think pretty much everyone did fine. I think Naomi was the one who just honestly laid a pretty big egg in this one. But I don't think anyone else could elevate that material. This might be, in my opinion, the worst written of these challenges that I have ever seen. Even more than last year's, which had the farting to end things off. Even worse than something like Shakespeare, even though I think that was more horribly performed than uh, than horribly written. Even then, it sort of circled back around to becoming entertaining. It just, like, they broke character, obviously, because they said cut. But, like, there was no difference between the actress and the character they were playing. So that was extremely confusing, or at least it wasn't personified as that I don't know why it ended with a big old pie fight considering that we had a big food fight in Jersey Justice several episodes ago. It's just, oh man, it was so incredibly weak. It's basically like they gave a sketch 101 class like, all right, here's a a character. Her characteristics are lesbian, political person, And uh, a little nice, and then they basically just write out, you know, ten lines that they would say, and then just sort of jumble it all together into an extremely long script. This was just, this was horrendous, and I give this cast (laughs) all the kudos in the world for being able to, as Felicity Huffman puts shovel this shit because there was a lot of bad stuff going on here
4: i love leon i love it that he's so offended he's like this is this is egregious what is this <laughs> who would ever make
3: this art <laughs> it's art mike <laughs> it's i not don't know
2: i mean crazy. i i guess the beauty is in the eye of the beholder but this thing is ugly in my opinion,
3: yeah, the beholder is uh, cross-eyed. I think in this circumstance, um, I I just uh, yes, the fact. That, okay, Mike, you pointed out something that I think was um, added to my confusion was the fact that there was no difference between the actor, like the the actor, and then the the person the. The famous person does, does that make sense, right? Yeah. Because that's why I was so confused. Because I was like, "Wait, okay, so are they in the show, the actual movie that they're doing, or are they being their characters uh, on the Rue Hollywood story version of everything?" um And yeah, the the writing was also just really bad. When Trinity was getting eaten out in public by the waiter, I was like, "Oh no, this is not going to go well." Like, this is just <laughs> not starting well. And then you are going to go to insane clown posse jokes, like.
4: What? Who wrote? Well, this? the other thing that was weird was that, and I don't know why they did this because it was obviously a parody of Sex in the City, and they used their pictures, which I was like, do they have to pay them because they use their pictures on the show, even though they they look horrible and they're in black and white. Um, but they like we're calling uh, SJP SJP. They were not calling her Carrie, and so I, I again I was like, so she so on the sh- on the movie where she's acting is she playing Carrie? Or is she playing SJP? Because it sounds like she's playing Carrie from the description, but it says SJP, and her voice isn't changing at all. And so, ah, eh, whatever, you know. But like, oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm just gonna say it. It was um, it was a fun time. Uh Monique was great, and thus because of that, I enjoyed it. Um, I guess. Oh well.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Monique kind of got to be the Black China. Um of this situation. Like just come in and have why? this role. I'm sure Nino Bonina Brown is um, mad. Oh, Which
2: is ironic sure. because Trinity and Monet were fighting over a completely different part like uh like Shay and Nina were. I guess I, I wanna talk about sex in the city in general. I guess right, right, sti-
4: sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you. Hold your hold your thought. i I'm a, I know you guys apparently like this our, our in our little group chat. You were you were uh singing some praises of this choice to show this on the show. Um I, why are you wasting my time with goddamn rock, paper, scissors? Seriously?
2: It's silly. I thought it was Why funny. are
4: you wasting my... Okay, fine. Fine. I, I, I'd rather see the Queen say some shady shit uh, rather than rock, paper, scissors. Like, I, I don't know many gays that are into the scoreboard of it all. Come on.
2: Uh, I, I just love it because of almost all the production elements that got thrown into it. The fact that it got built out to, like, this lower third, a tracker of the score of each queen, oh and 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 if scissor beats paper, like the audacity. I, I, <laughs> I love I love the chintziness of it all. Unlike <laughs> what I was about to see over the next ten minutes, like I was happy for this. And honestly, the funniest thing in this entire freaking sh- shoot was Latrice telling Monet, "Bitch, you better not step in my lines one more time." And that let out the, a much bigger laugh than anything <laughs> in Sex of the Kitty Girl Three did. I kind of wish now that like. They had given them, not, I don't want to do another improv challenge because we had Jersey Justice, but if they had, like, a loose outline of what the scene was supposed to be, and they just sort of improv their way through it, I feel like that would have garnered something better. These are five extremely talented queens, and I I personally think they were a bit stymied by this absolute mess of a challenge. I agree. <laughs> well, on a, on a scale of Monique to Naomi, Liana, how, how big of a fan are you of Sex and the City?
3: Um, so uh, not a huge fan. I wasn't allowed to watch uh TV as a child, let alone HBO. So <laughs> but when uh when I grew up, then I watched all the movies and various episodes, but I never like got super into it.
4: Yeah, I am uh you'd you'd be some you'd would think that somebody like me, um would would be a big fan of sex in the city i watched a couple episodes there are a couple of really fun episodes of sex in the city especially when their gay friend comes in and they're they're yeah, mariel yeah back in the day they were like gays were really taboo uh so they were like uh, like oh whoa what's a gay party you know like well what what's a bathhouse you know like things like that um so oh, by the way, I don't know what a gay party is. I'm just, I'm just making shit up. I'm like I, the the point is that there were so many aspects of gay lives that seemed you know new and fresh back in like you know 2003. That in 2019 you're like okay yeah that's boring. Um, so I I thought it, this was it was really really fun to do something like Sex and the City and I understood why they picked it. But me personally, I never really cared for it as much. I don't know. It was just a little bit. Um, I guess I was just too consumed by Queer as Folk at the time, because Queer as Folk was basically on at the same time on Showtime, and this was on HBO, and, you know, I've got I got time for one one man, and Queer as Folk was it.
2: <laughs> well, there were many men on Queer as Folk, so I think that, uh, <laughs> those big men take precedence over Mr. Big any day of the week. They need to remake that show, seriously,
4: because... Well, I, I, mean, I, they, I think there I
2: think there, yeah. were, there have been some rumors of it. They
4: need to bring that back. I mean, can you imagine the Queer as Folk that they could make in 2019? I mean, Yeah, it, it's, called,
2: it's called Looking.
4: Yeah, that's not, that was that was not my favorite. I I I I liked the characters from uh, Queer as Folk the best, but uh, I, I would like to see what an updated 2019 version would be. Like maybe not set in Pittsburgh, maybe set in like you know a place with actual color, like New York City or something. Um, I'm still s- struck by the fact that Queer as Folk was always anyway. Be that as it may, uh, moving on. But yeah, I, I I I wasn't the biggest fan of Sex and the Kitty Girl or Sex and the City, but. I was more of a fan of Sex and the City than I was of Sex and the Kitty Girl 3, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think that's, that's saying much. <laughs> no.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm on the actually opposite end of Liana in terms of my history, where uh, I remember inappropriately watching this with my parents when I was young on on Sunday Aww. nights. I don't remember a good, a good chunk of it, because I think a lot of it went over my head, uh, including <laughs> the head. Uh, but I think that, you know, it, it's something that's sort of baked into the gray matter of my brain, like... I remember slightly when they talked about Kristen Johnson. You know, I know her more fondly as Sally from the beloved sitcom Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, But I do, I do recall the one episode where she fell out of the penthouse window. So it's a little bit of a random poll, but I guess if you had to bring five in there, this was a very interesting way to do it. Uh, Liana, do you have anything to say about the parts that get doled out outside of the rock, paper, scissors or rock, scissors, paper of it all? Any choices surprise you?
3: Um, well, I thought it was interesting that Naomi wanted to pick the main part for her because, yes, you get more lines, but I almost feel like that's the straight man role. And if you want to ex- succeed at one of these challenges, you have to pick sort of the weird part. that You can just be crazy and over the top and there's no sort of subtlety, I guess, um, to it, which is even what Naomi got criticized for was um, needs to be more subtle. Uh, so I thought that that was an interesting choice because I think that that, you know, you want to pick the crazy person role.
2: Yeah, I, I think that Naomi, I think, was, you know, she took a big risk last time and it paid off. I think she wants to continue that momentum both for herself and for the judges. It's an audacious choice that I don't think necessarily uh, pays off particularly well. Uh, but, you know what, I guess good on her for sort of taking that weight upon her shoulders, especially since she's a big Sex in the City fan. I could see how on paper, especially given the script... You feel like you could do it only to sort of get in their, her shoes and see how it, it wasn't necessarily working. But we can talk more about that when we actually get to our adjudications of the uh, the performance itself. Anything we have to say about the, the Ross talk? you know, coaching them through Brent? I know you talked before about how it felt like he was a uh, shades of Toddra Hall in terms of maybe being a bit overly critical of them.
4: Yeah, I didn't understand. Maybe it was an editing choice. Maybe he really wasn't as critical and they just showed every single thing that Ross possibly said to them. But it sounded like he wasn't really rooting for them. And also, I felt like he was a little bit uneven in terms of his help. Like, I feel, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Monique who he gave an actual example to. And showed her, how, or I think it was uh, Trinity. That's what it was. It was he, he did Kim Cattrall 101. Yeah, instantly. yeah. He showed her how to, and she still didn't do it right. Um, he showed her how to do Kim Cattrall's voice, and he gave her an example. Whereas with other people, he would give them notes, but he wouldn't give them an example of what he was looking for or what or what they were supposed to sound like. I feel like that these queens would have been very, it would have been. I don't want to say easy, but I feel like they would have had an easier time had they been able to adapt or you know mimic or imitate something that Ross himself found was funny, and by extension, probably the judges. But he only really helped Trinity, and that seemed a little bit unfair to me. Like you're okay, so you're telling her how to talk and how to inflect her voice, and whatever with, with everybody else, you're just giving them general notes, and you're complaining when they don't hit those notes in the way that you want them to. So, yeah, I wasn't here for it.
3: Yeah, well, I think uh, there's a lot that we... Well, if it's an edited show. Of course, there's a lot we don't see. Um, but knowing the fact that the this was so long, I mean, we saw so many other scenes, um, I think that it was more an editing choice to show all of these things. And that's why, Brent, with your original point where... Essentially, everyone was shown to be messing up. Like, that's what I thought was weird. Not so much from Ross's perspective, but just from the show telling us this cohesive narrative. And they chose to show essentially everybody messing up. You know, even Monique with her chronic wig loss syndrome and (laughs) self-producing and all that stuff. Like, everyone was screwing up. That's what I got from this. Now, if they hadn't
4: have included that, Mike, I think we would have probably sued RuPaul's Drag Race for (laughs) not including it. I'm so happy they showed that. Her wig coming off again, and the fact that she she knew that it was a thing. It's become a thing, and it's in like it's in the pop culture, you know, malure now. And so she's like,
2: oh, 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 oh. Well, I even glued it down. That's the i. It's supposed to stay. And I love <laughs> and then, what Liana just mentioned too. Where we bring back a uh, self-producing Monique from the uh, mm. from the app challenge with her. Being I love like, self-producing this Monique. Line. And, then, and then we do the cut right. Like I just love that Ross is just sitting there bemused at the fact that oh, Monique's coming back and. Makes me kind of wish we had a different version of this, so we could have more of Monique doing that. I'm assuming a lot made the cutting room floor, but there—it's one of the several things I love about Monique Hart: it's her ability to direct herself.
3: Um, wasn't was Duncan also there? He was the guy doing the um, what's the little black and white sign with the that goes click the clapper? Wasn't that Duncan that we saw on the Makeover Challenge from season nine? When did they make over the? Uh, yeah, it
2: was season nine? I was, yeah, I yeah, yeah, remember.
4: yeah.
3: Oh. Okay, I thought maybe I dreamed it. I, I think you it dreamed
4: was
2: it. I think yeah, that's a dream. <laughs> uh, it could be a dream. <laughs> so let, let's sort of start segueing into the runway here, because I feel like at the makeup chairs, there's, there's just a little talk about like, oh, now that Naomi sort of broke the code here, are we going to go back to report card? And there's some definite what ifs thrown about, especially from Trinity's perspective. And you have Monet being a little critical of Trinity's, pers- uh, you know, Trinity's portrayal of Kim Cattrall. There's clearly some. Uh, some resentment lying there. So let, let's get to the runway, because I feel it sort of manifests itself there. First thing I want to point out, RuPaul has been coming for Naomi Small's wig with all the short dresses she's been rocking this season. I guess maybe she's ready to sort of spread her legs and uh, let the world Ooh. see them for what they are.
4: Come <laughs> on, legs! That's all I could see uh, whenever I saw RuPaul on the runway this season. I'm like, she is here! Like she She has made a decided effort. It's like someone sent her a mean nasty twitter message and said you're an old queen you can't show your legs no more <laughs> so she's just like well, I'm gonna show you you young whippersnapper and I'm gonna go through I'm gonna go out there five freaking episodes I'm gonna show my legs for all to see and she looked damn good that's right she
3: went out she bought some new pantyhose and some couch <laughs> padding and she showed those young whippersnappers tell them to get off your yard <laughs> it's
4: still I just want to say this to people out there like it still boggles my mind and I know how drag works I know how makeup works and I know who's underneath there, but it still boggles my mind to this day that that goddess on the runway is the same guy in the crazy fruit-looking suit in the workroom. Like, <laughs> how in the hell? Because he's so boxy when he is in male clothes, and yet when he's in uh, girl clothes, he's totally
2: padded and cinched for the gods, and it just looks stunning stunning yeah i I think that rue particularly this season to your point brent has been knocking it out of the park and hopefully that bodes well for season 11 as well i I still kind of wish that rue had done uh you know what she did during a couple of these challenges in season 10 and actually dressed like the theme i would have been interested to see what her take on kitty cat couture would have been uh but then we would not have gotten some legs being shown off so i guess it's sort of like you, you know you win some you lose some
4: yeah, I I heard, uh, and this may be fake news, but I, I I swear I've heard after the fact that when Rue, and I don't know was was it this season or last season when Rue did the um, space challenge and dressed up. You yeah, know, that where, was uh, that
2: was last season because okay. I think it was the the last ball on Earth. She wore like this Martian esque uh, visor, much not unlike not unlike Tamar Braxton this season on Celebrity Big Brother. I know, right? I know, right? But that's uh, the
3: one with the head cover, like the whole head cover thing, yes, right? Is that what you're talking I, about? Okay. Yeah,
4: I heard she was sick, and that that's why they made those choices. But that sounds almost, like, too neat to be true, because like, that would sort of disappoint me, because I love the fact that she dressed up for it. I mean, that was the best part. So if you're telling me that the only reason she did it is because she was sick, that would... That would disappoint me a little bit. Having said that, I love her. Out. I love her runways this season, and she, she's not just same old, same old. Which, by the way, can't be said of one of the contestants on the stage this season.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts, Liana, on our two ju- guest judges this episode? Uh, the aforementioned Felicity Huffman and uh, designer Jason Wu.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, they didn't stand out to me in any particular way, either bad or good. I thought Felicity was a lot of fun. Um. And Jason with the little doll was kind of <laughs> cute in a weird way. So, yeah, I was here for them. That
4: was so creepy. I'm sorry it was. I'm like, what are you do? Like, You can take it down now. We saw it. The, the joke is good. Um. When he gave his note to Latrice about, oh, my God, I love you. I stan you. I I, I worship you. And Latrice is like,
2: oh. And he's like,
4: but. <laughs> mm-hmm. Having said that, bitch, uh... that, that, that's what I really
2: liked about him is like I, I think that Felicity Huffman. I thought she was awesome in this particular challenge. I thought her acting-centric notes and her subtle shade towards the writing were on point, and I think uh, really, you know, really spoke volumes as to the, the the queen's performances in the challenge. And I thought that Jason Moo has some interesting fashion comments which makes sense from a designer perspective but that moment alone i think uh may put in his bid for a return appearance in my opinion that he was not afraid to essentially you know besmirch drag race royalty right there by giving her a proper critique
4: yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was happy about that. I also, I really did like uh, Felicity Huffman. I thought she was very engaged and very fun, and she seemed to be there for the insanity of it all, which, again, that's all I ask of guest judges, that they worship RuPaul, they love being there, they know what silliness is going on, and they don't act like they're too uh, cool for school. And and she did not.
2: Yes. Uh, so now I'm looking up the... The RuPaul doll and see seeing how much it is. Uh, Leonardo, do, you have, do you have any interest in getting a RuPaul doll?
3: Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, wait. Can we can we guess? I'm gonna guess.
2: Okay. yeah. Okay. Like,
3: let me. Oh let my me god. See. We're back
2: on the BMB. Oh my yeah, god. Doing- okay. All right. So we're doing the prices price work. I am work. at integritytoys.com Uh, We are looking for the price of the Glamazon Extravaganza, the RuPaul doll. Uh, It says, The second RuPaul doll in the new series, named Glamazon Extravaganza, the RuPaul doll designed by Jason Wu himself, is now sporting a fierce, 100% newly articulated body sculpt, coupled with a glamorous new accessories and a ton of attitude. This revamped incarnation of one of Integrity Toys' most iconic celebrity dolls is sure to add a ton of sass to your collection. So... Liana, what is your guess as to the starting price if I were to pre-order this doll right now? What would be the price?
3: Oh my god, it's pre-order. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say it's hundred dollars.
2: Brent, what about you? Oh,
4: uh, the way they were hawking it, I have to think it's probably pretty expensive. I'm gonna say like they're really trying to sell it like a collectible, and it's like I
2: want to say like four ninety nine. As in dollars. <laughs> Unfortunately, Brent, you are over. Liana wins here. Uh, uh, 100- $145 for the oh, Amazon Shop Okay. Right. Rodol.
3: okay. Yeah, oh, that's expensive. Uh, there, yeah. Is that the only one?
2: Uh, I mean, the only RuPaul doll. Oh, there was one other one, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's out of stock. But it's got... Uh, elaborate micro-sequin stage gown. It's got miniature RuPaul chocolate bar accessory. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. It has a <laughs> pair, of, pair of hands with long manicured nails, parentheses. New hand sculpt. Uh, so there, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on here. And I think it speaks volumes that we are spending more time, I think, talking about the RuPaul doll than we were, we were talking about this challenge, uh, just in terms of proper interests.
3: Oh my god, I just looked it up. First of all, it doesn't really look like RuPaul all that much, though. Like, not gonna lie. There's something weird about the nose shape, although it does have an upper lip. Yeah, so. I was gonna say. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and, uh, yes, yeah, she's wearing a sequence gown. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sequence gown, yay! <laughs> well, let's get into the, uh, the runway here, and um, we'll pair the Queen's kitty cat couture look with their respective performance in Sex and the Kitty Girl 3. Let's start with the top here. Let's start with Trinity the Tuck, her take on this skin tight cheetah cat suit, and the part that she ends up winning out via rock, scissors, paper, Kim in Sex and the Kitty Girl 3. Brent, I know you sort of vocalized this before, but what were your overall thoughts on Trinity this week?
4: My overall thoughts on Trinity was she probably deserved her place in the top two, but not by a lot. And I think she won it based on this runway. Um, as far as I could tell, I mean, again, it, it's it's the editors. They're picking what they want to show of this insane Sex and the Kitty Girl 3 script. And thus, because of that, I'm basically at their mercy. Having said that from what they decided to show us and what I saw from the initial rehearsal footage, it looked like everybody was having a rough time except Monique. In fact, I even when they showed Monique having problems like with the wig and everything, I thought she was still doing a great job as far as characterization goes. So... I think that she was probably tied with everybody else as far as being like depending on your point of view, worst or second best. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then when she came to the runway, I feel like she blew the other three out of the park with this really, really great runway. I do love the fact that number two things. She looks so fit and so sleek, and every inch of this cat suit is just painted onto her body you cannot see a blip or a bump in that tuck Mm -hmm. she has earned her name i love the fact that the uh suit itself is um it is shaded in places where there are natural muscles so i do feel like gives it some natural depth and doesn't look as uh matte as some of the other uh, looks that we're going to see on the runway and I feel like the makeup is kick-ass. So I really was here for this, and I loved how she moved on the runway as well. And I also love the fact that she didn't, uh, she didn't crimp, uh, skimp on the uh, hands as well. I think, mm. I can't tell if she, I'm trying to look. So did she paint that, or is it gloves? I guess it's gloves with fingernails that are open. I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is, but I, I love this look. I think it's a definite win for her.
3: Yeah, I love, 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 love this look. It's so cool. Like, I want to wear it. I want this to be my my updated Halloween costume because it's just so freaking cool looking. And it just looks real. And I love the extra long tail for no reason. Like, that was just a cool prop yeah, that she got to yeah. sell when she was on the runway. Um. So, yeah, I, I honestly, I totally think that she was, you know, the same as the others when it came to the... The challenge, but really it was the runway that put her over the top and put her um, in the top two with a win this week.
2: Yeah, I can understand, you know, why there might be some critiques of this being very simple because it's essentially just an airbrushed cat suit, but it's so well done. Mm-hmm. Bright, you sort of spoke about the patterning and how it really shapes itself to form like a humanistic body and make the furries watching go wild. And she's selling the tail, she's doing her weird Valentina esque meowing. Uh, down the runway. And I, I think it's, it's just something that she really sold. I mean, Michelle said, you don't need to bring out something completely complicated every time. And the fact that there is not a wrinkle in this, I think yes. just shows yes. how she really got this fitted to each and every part of her body, which I think she benefits from the fact that she's sort of like detox and that they really can wear these types of things because their natural bodies or naturals in quotation marks there, but their natural bodies are already proportionized to fit the female figure Uh, But this is something that she's able to take advantage of, and she's able to make something that's simplistic play really complex and fun on stage. I think that her performance in the challenge was not Kim Cattrall, but it was something exciting. I mean, I think that she had probably the most to work with in terms of Kim Cattrall is obviously known for her very salacious one-liners, and they built that into the character. So obviously she could do a lot more Interesting things like crossing her eyes as the busboy is doing stuff with her under the table or, you know, storming out and, you know, basically uh, being a haughty person in all of these confessionals. So she had a good amount to work with in winning that rock, paper, scissors contest. But again, you know, the writing definitely still dragged her down considering how repetitious uh, or repetitive it got. But both are acceptable, Mike. Yeah, but you know what this reminds me of, actually, in the Jersey Justice Challenge, we said that. Latrice was definitely the bottom. Everyone else at least did pretty well, and there had to be someone to fill out the yes. bottom two. So it yes. we went mm-hmm. with Monet. This was the exact opposite. Monique did really well. Everyone else did fine. And Trinity just sort of found herself in the top two by default.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know. There was nothing like in particular that really stood out to me um, in the challenge itself, but also the challenge was just a hot mess. So, you know, I guess by not being terrible, she did okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think my, the funniest thing by far was her saying, in the script, I'm supposed to literally fuck a duck, which, <laughs> I don't know, just made me laugh that, that Samantha has gone so over the edge that she's now having sex with a duck. Right. Uh, though, again, considering the runway, uh, don't necessarily put animalistic intentions you know, out of the mind's eye. Let's move on here to a look that I think has certainly polarized uh, social media in the past couple days. Brent, what did you think about Monet's Pink Panther-inspired look and her performance as Kristen, by default, in Sex and the Kitty Girl 3?
4: I thought her performance as Kristen in the sequel was pretty boring. Uh, And I was actually kind of bummed that she didn't get uh, Kim Cattrall, because I would have rather have seen Monet as Kim Cattrall, and I would have rather seen Trinity as... uh, Kristen. Kristen, yeah, sorry, I want I keep Kirsten Johnson and Kristen. I always mix up. So um, the point being that I thought it was pretty boring, and I, I there was nothing memorable at all, and I don't feel like she did anything to elevate the material. Not that the material was that great, but you know everybody's working from the same page, so what are you gonna do? Um, the runway, I do not care for this look. I did not. I do not care for this look. I there's something about it that is just wrong. I watched uh, Raja and Aquaria and Aquaria. Aquaria uh, I think booted this look, I can't remember, but she said she didn't like the fact that the uh, patent leather and the sort of sequiny fabric are two different fabrics, and they sort of clash together. I think it looks worse in this picture than it did on the runway. Yeah,
2: that's- so yeah look, luckily this is where Monet's uh, the, the shady lighting on the runway actually worked for Monet in this case, because at least from what I was seeing on TV, it looked like pretty much the same color from my perspective.
4: Yes, and that that's even worse though in my perspective. Like I, on the runway, it looked like it was all one color, and it, like it all looked like saturated pink. And thus, it looked like there was no shape whatsoever. Like, she needed a belt or she needed something to give it a little bit of form. I just think it's awkward and it doesn't look like she's cinched and padded very well. It just like it, it looks like it's Monet with a little bit of padding wearing this bodysuit. And also, I'm with the panel as well. I thought she looked like a mouse, and I knew it was a kitty girl challenge, and so thus I knew that she was trying to be the Pink Panther, but it did look very mousy to me. And I give her credit for the makeup and the, prosth- and the prosthetics, but aside from that, I felt like this was a, this was a miss for me. I didn't care for this. I thought- and I also thought it looked kind of cheap. I really did think it looked cheap
3: okay she didn't need a belt she needed to look like a cat okay she looked like a mouse she was a mouse i'm sorry like she was just a mouse i get that she was trying to go for pink panther but she totally missed i was just yelling at her the whole time while i was watching it's like ah i'm a cat lady this is not a cat. This is a mouse. <laughs> this is what my cats eat. Okay? And even the prosthetic like, somehow made it worse. More mousy? I don't know. Oh, my God. And then on top of it, you have the issues of the mismatched fabrics. Even the latex um, colors aren't the same. Like, the boots and her, her outfit are different colors. And you can, like, see her course. I mean, I think she is cinched and padded. Um, But you can see it underneath. Oh, my God. I just really didn't like this. And I really didn't get the... Um, I mean, I guess the patterning was supposed to be, like leopard spots, maybe the sparkle sequin things. I have no uh, idea what that's
4: supposed to be. I have no okay. idea.
3: But yeah. then I was like, okay, but you're a panther. I, anyway, <laughs> ugh, no, no.
2: By the way, we should mention Liana. Uh, I know you tweeted something out a couple days ago about this. You have your own experience with kitty cat couture, do you not? <laughs> okay. I was obsessed with the musical Cats
3: when I was little. <laughs> so, Pretty much every year for Halloween, I went as some version of a cat. Um, and Memory. I just happened to have a picture. I know, sad child.
2: Are you a Macavity? Are you a Rumple Teaser? Like, what's your favorite cat?
3: Rumtum Tugger was my favorite. Um, so I would always, which now as an adult going back and re-listening to those songs, I was like, mom, why did you let Rum Tum Tugger be my favorite? Um, although I did go as Mr. Mistopheles one year. Um, so yeah, I was just, I, I wanted to be a cat. (laughs)
2: <laughs> really badly hey everybody <laughs> wants to be a cat that
3: was my dream as a child which <laughs> i still have not achieved but now i own two cats
2: aim high kids one day you might become a cat if you go on to rupaul's drag race or a <laughs> pink mouse uh i i did not have as much of a problem with this as you two and maybe it's because like you said the the light sort of washed away the difference in the color so it all came across as one thing i think i was just won over by the idea behind it, I really liked the looks that sort of went outside the box when it comes to this idea of being a cat and the fact that Pink Panther is able to bring a splash of color with a figure that you would assume is iconic uh, is a really great idea the execution didn't necessarily match up to it, I, I know what she was coming from that the round ears are from the Pink Panther, if you look up a cartoon of the Pink Panther he does have round ears, but it doesn't necessarily work when transposed onto a humanoid form uh And the wig is interesting, too. I guess you want to bring the drag feminized element into it with the wig, but I don't maybe she got the memo that all the all stars winners were uh were blondes, and maybe Monet's just trying to pick up on that trend right oh. before they round the bend but it it's an interesting choice yeah, I don't care
4: for the wig in fact, I didn't even notice it because the costume to me is so it's so offensive. <laughs> To my eyes. It was so offensive on the runway. Again, like I on the runway, all of the pinks look the same. It's so funny because looking at the picture, it looks like there's three different pinks or four different pinks. In fact, I Liana, I didn't even notice on the runway that the bodice and the boots look like they're completely made of different fabric. In fact, they look like they're different colors, for God's sake. Um so yeah, no. It, this was this is just it was it was a miss. She looked like a mouse, and I, I even though she is cinched and padded, and I agree with you that she is, it looked
2: badly done, and thus because of that, I didn't I didn't like it. And I will all my sympathies go out to her in the challenge. I think Felicity Huffman said it perfectly. Where look, you can only shine a turd so many times when it's just going to be a big old piece of crap by the end of it and the fact of the matter is this role that she lost out on and sort of just happened to fall into her lap was not very good for all the talk that Ross and Michelle were saying about like bring us more of this persnickety girl I totally agree with you Brent I thought Trinity could have done a fantastic job at that bring back like the sister Mary Koontz of it all I think Monet was trying to tackle it from an actress perspective when this was clearly calling for the more campier side of drag performance but the script was just bringing nothing for her in terms of jokes. She was the straight woman. I I would disagree that SJP was the straight woman. This character was the straight woman. She was the normal one. And it just, Mm -hmm. it sucked that she ended up with this part where she really couldn't do much with it. I think she tried to, and she was talking about all the nuances in her performance, even though she can't spell it. But I think she was dealt a bad hand here that she did not help with her runway look, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on here to the queen who would ultimately go home here. Latrice's take on kitty cat couture slash, I guess, the entire safari in general and her performance as Cynthia in Sex and the Curry Girl 3. Liana, what are you thinking about Latrice's swan song here?
3: Um, Okay, so for her performance in the challenge... I do go back to the line where she told uh, Monique to stop stepping on her lines, and that was the best that she did in the entire challenge. And that was not in the challenge. That's sort of how I feel about the Rue Hollywood story thing. Um, But just, oh God, it was also just so bad in general. So I'll just talk about her runway look, which was also, oh my God, just so bad in general. (laughs) Or at least that's how I felt about it. It totally looked, like, and I think this was said in the photo fashion review, but they for some reason tooted this look, which I really don't get. Those airbrush t-shirts that you get at the boardwalk. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. It looks so freaking tacky. So tacky. And I love the fact that the silhouette was the same gown she wears every week. (laughs) Uh, Maybe the wig was good. The rest, not so crazy about.
4: Yeah, the wig is where it Begins and ends for me. I don't know Uh what the fuck she was thinking here. I think Monique had it right three episodes ago. And I tweeted this out because someone else pointed this out. And God bless them. Monique said that, you know, you're mad at me for eliminating you. And yet you have been traveling the world with Drag Race fans for the past 10 years. And you're still doing the same tired pageant drag that you have been doing since season four. So why are you mad? And then she comes out in... Pageant drag. And like this thing this wasn't even good pageant drag. This was terrible. I mean, like this okay, let's be clear. This was not Kitty Girl runway. This no. was Jungle Runway that she shoehorned into the kitty girl uh theme. Because there is a zebra, there is a uh goat or a giraffe. <laughs> uh like, oh this is a safari dress. This is not a kitty girl dress. They, I cannot believe they didn't clock this more. Maybe they did and we just didn't see it. I was floored out of my freaking mind when I watched Raja and Aquaria on the Wow Presents and they went to this look and they said, I love this look. I was like, uh. you're kissing her ass. And then wait for it. They went to Monique's look and they booted it. Oh my God. Oh my God. I couldn't with this. This is terrible. This is, this is, this is offensive to me. Like you didn't even try. You just like, Stuck out Lion, someone said that it was something that, like, a bed covering you would win at an amusement park as a consolation prize for not winning the game. Like, that's that's spray-painted. Like, that's what you would win. I don't know. Again, I'm, trying, I'm trying here, folks. I'm trying. Uh, this is just terrible, Mike. Well, please tell me. Explain this to me. What the hell happened here?
2: Well, I think that Latrice talked with uh, the beloved B.B. Zahara Benet of, um, hey, there's a kitty cat couture, I know that you were most infamously Jungle Kitty, can you talk to me about what I should wear? And after she got <laughs> out some <laughs> uh, she described to Latrice what she needed to put out, and the result that she got was, uh, you know, a mural that you would find in an elementary school library intersposed onto a dress. And yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's not working, unfortunately. I do agree with you, Brent. I think that she, I really do admire again, the 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 girls that we're taking this idea and really running with it in terms of kitty cat couture. But I think she went a bit too wide on this one with including the giraffes and the elephants and the zebras of it all, or the brown cow stunnings. It's an interesting dress, but it doesn't necessarily scream kitty cat couture. Uh, I do like the wig. I think the crimping really hints at a lion's mane. So I kind of wish that if she had donned like a lion esque costume, instead of the, all the other, you know, uh, major beasts of Africa. Maybe that would have bode a bit better for her. I actually thought in the challenge, she might have been one of my favorites uh, because even though you disparage her performance in the sequel and cha- then the sitcom challenge, Brent, uh, I think Latrice is good. I think she settled into that character nicely. You know, again, there wasn't a lot to work with, but she seemed confident, sure of herself. I think Felicity Hoffman made a great note where it seemed like she was actually connecting with people instead of just sort of like so, like someone we're about to talk about, just delivering their lines out to the non-existent audience that's sitting in the studio. Right. Uh, so I, I will commend Latrice here, where I think her natural affability really informed this part, but that being said, this runway look sunk any chances she had of making it into the top two. I, I,
4: I'm just... I, I, I just... I don't understand, like, okay, go back to, I think it was last week when she, was it last week that she won, or was it the week before? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, um, where she had that plastic outfit with the ball on her head, and, like, it was it was interesting, and, and it made me take a second look. That is the only time where I've looked at Latrice on the runway and been like, oh, I've never seen that before. That's new and interesting. Let me look at that again. And not that you have to be different for the sake of being different. I feel like Trinity sometimes... Can give you pageant drag at times, but yet it looks very interesting and fun and something I've not seen before. But god damn, Latrice, you're so freaking lazy, and it it bugs the shit out of me. It honestly does. Um, I I'm taking our uh, compatriot on Rhap Lida Uh She tweeted out, "Never did I think that I would be cheering." Latrice Royale going home. My sixteen-year-old self is not okay. Um, yeah, I would go further. My my sixteen-year-old self is shook. Not that I was sixteen. I'm like so. I'd be like my thirty-three-year-old self was shook. <laughs> but I was shook. I'm like how how I'm like I'm actively rooting against Latrice. And I'm sure there is a large segment of the audience who's listening to this right now going, you know what, Brent, you're right, you're right, Brent, you're right. And and I'm like, where did it all go wrong? I don't know. I she it's just like she doesn't care.
2: Well, I wonder if it's become a thing where Latrice has built an immense amount of popularity with her personality and her aesthetic. And I think that coming to the stage, she always wants to bring that part of herself. And I wonder if it's because she's been so successful touting out these pageant-like looks. And not to say that they're bad. Again, she looks beautiful in there, but but they're a bit samey when you're seeing them week to week. I wonder, Liana, if it's a thing where she's like, this is my aesthetic that I feel comfortable in. And unfortunately, when you see it back to back to back, it becomes redundant.
4: But then why do you, but Liana, why didn't she, why didn't she come to All Stars then? If you're not, if you're, if you're like, you know what, I got my own aesthetic, um, people, I'm known for that, then why are you gonna come to All Stars then? I, I, I think that's a bad choice. She should have turned it down.
3: It's a greatest hits tour, baby. That's what <laughs> she's doing. She's gonna come out and play her greatest hits. You know what? Even when I saw her perform in like December or whatever, the she opened with um, the Aretha Franklin lip sync song that she did with Kenya Michaels. I mean, it was like a medley thing that she did. Um, But anyway, so yeah, it was very much playing the greatest hits and not gonna lie. I like almost cried a little bit when she came out and did that, but it was a minute long number. It was not a runway uh, throughout nine episodes or however many episodes she's been on um, of this season. So I think, yeah, it definitely gets very repetitive hearing the same hits over and over and over again.
2: Let's move on to Naomi here. Naomi had a huge week last week, being in the top two for the first time this season, uh, she ends up crashing down here to the bottom three. Liana, I gotta say, uh, I think she did the best job looking like a Big Brother casual fan on the runway.
3: Oh my god, I know. I was like, I'm wearing that outfit right now. <laughs> Naomi is me. I have yarn balls stuck to my head. Um, I loved. I love that it was a creative take on it, um, so I was definitely here for it. Um I wasn't a crazy fan of the pastel colors. I didn't know that that was a cat lady thing. Obviously, I need to go change my wardrobe because I have a tendency to go for bolder colors. But pastel is where it's at. She needed more doilies, perhaps, um, to go along with the pastels. But yeah, I thought it was fun. It was creative. The like weird cat things did look like they had been won at the same fair where Latrice got her dress. <laughs> um so they were a little like right. ticket ish but um but yeah no i i don't know i thought that this was actually a lot of fun but uh obviously the challenge was a whole different story um my favorite part was her cry-ons, like the lower thirds that she was getting, the humble fashion legend and humble Broadway legend. And when that is the best part of your performance, words on a screen that you didn't pick, then that's probably not a good sign.
4: I'm so glad you reminded me of that. I forgot that Trinity's at one time for Kim Catral was orgasm
2: enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I said I'm gonna change my Twitter to that.
2: Oh my god! And then Latrice's was like, uh, I don't know, like high quality Lebanese artist. (laughs) (laughs) Again, like that—that by far was the best part of it. And I don't think that was even in the script.
3: Feeling very attacked. Yeah, those were really good. I thought those were so funny.
4: (laughs) Look, uh, I yeah, I didn't care for this look either. Or I mean, well, maybe Liliana cared for it more than I did. I this was actually one of my least favorite looks on the runway, besides Latrice. I I felt like. It's awkward. I don't get it. It looks cheap. The stuffed animals look like again, like Liana said at the same fair that Latrice apparently got her dress. Uh, the dress doesn't look like it fits. Uh, it makes her look bigger and yet smaller at the same time. Like it looks like she's supposed to be like a like an overgrown little kid, but yet it looks like it's too big for her, and thus makes her look heavy. At it makes her look boxy as well. I I. I look. Here's the thing. I'll give her credit for challenging herself. It doesn't bore me, um, and it is not the same old channel same old that she's presenting week after week. It's something new and interesting. She went. She took a risk. She failed. That's okay. But I would always, always put something like this ahead of something like Latrice, where she didn't even
2: try. Mm, and look, she even took a risk by covering up her legs with the yeah. with the cats. She didn't show her legs this episode. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it, that's like a low bar, Mike. Low bar. <laughs> Yeah, this look, again, I really like the idea of it. I like the take on the fact that she's not embodying a cat. She's embodying a cat lady. And I like the incorporation of the stuffed animals. I don't think they're supposed to be realistic, but they add nice accessories to it. I particularly like the one that's over the shoulder to sort of embody this brooch. Uh, But the colors, yeah, the the pastel colors, uh, I I guess it's, it's supposed to invoke like grandmother's blanket that she knitted all on her own. Uh, But I think, it. unfortunately, that got washed away by the lights on the runway as well. I do like the yarn balls on top of the head. And actually, I believe that, I don't know if you guys saw this, I believe Gia, had she somehow made it this far in the competition, was going to be rocking a very similar look. So it's clear that multiple queens had the same idea. Her performance in Sex and the Kitty Girl 3, unfortunately, was my least favorite. Uh, Just because I feel like the other four, even though the writing was pretty darn bad, they were at least able to, like, settle into something comfortable and try to sell it. Naomi was unfortunately channeling that, like, third grader in a school play who feels like she needs to shout her lines to the back of the auditorium and everyone needs to see what she's doing, even though it's in front of a camera. And it's just, you know, as much as I, I can't talk about out of both sides of my mouth, considering I said, well, Trinity didn't do Kim Cattrall and that was fine. She purposely chose being Sarah Jessica Parker and it did not work whatsoever. This was not Carrie. This was Naomi Smalls. Yeah. And totally unfortunately, amazing. she did not sell any of those lines. She's one of the reasons why I got confused when they cut and she was still acting the exact same way. Uh, I think she, she did the worst job of trying to sell that bad bill of goods that was the script. And so she ended up in the bottom, from my perspective, From in that mm. regard.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: All right. Finish things off here. We're going back up to the top with Monique Hart with her walk-on role as Keijo and her puss-in-boots look. Brent, Ross and Michelle both seem to allude to the fact that this is the best that she's looked on her two seasons thus far. Do you agree? I think she looks pretty damn good. I I really love
4: this look. It was very, very fun. The one critique that I would have is that I did listen to Raja and Aquaria on the WoW Presents, and they said that the hat should have had... The brim turned up a little bit like Puss in Boots, and that that I can co-sign. I, I think maybe that was a missed opportunity. However, everything else from the makeup to the fit to the boots to the fabric choice to the 3D whiskers, uh, everything else was great. Um, she I don't know if she uh, – she apparently thinks that size doesn't matter when it comes to her um, – Little fencing sword there that she's holding in her, <laughs> oh, her hand. Uh, that looks like an afterthought to me. So maybe try again. Uh, but other than that, I think this looks great. I love it that she looks so damn fishy on the runway. She looks like something you could just eat up. I think she looks great, and I'm excited. I think she could actually take this. I mm. think she like. I think she could actually win. I mean, I, I think it's a pipe dream. It's kind of like Kennedy Davenport winning. Um, she came close. Yeah, but clothes doesn't count, except in horseshoes and hand grenades. So I, uh, I, I don't know if she can take it, but I'm, I'm open to the possibility, and I would love Rue to shock us.
3: Um, I, I loved this outfit too. For me, um, I think it wasn't the bodysuit wasn't as good as Trinity's. However, I loved the fact that it was creative. I loved the stripes and the fact that she did, you know, the puss in boots twist on everything. I thought was really cool, and the prosthetics. I thought were really neat and actually made her look like a cat. Um, so I was definitely here for it. And honestly, when she first walked out, I didn't recognize her. Mm. And just by, uh, you know, thankfully, the power of deduction, I was able to determine who it was. Oh. And uh, I, I know, right? Smart girl. I'm, a, I'm real smart cookie as <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, that, I thought that that was really cool. And obviously she, you know, she, she clearly did the best in the challenge. I think, again, sort of being able to benefit from that Black China type role, um, and just come in and, and be her goofy self. And that was a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, I, I didn't even address her in the challenge. She was amazing. She was a revelation in the challenge, um, and maybe it's just because everyone else kind of was so meh, but she was great. Her energy when she walked in was such a drastic change. She had complete freedom to be able to basically do whatever she wanted mm-hmm. as KJo, and I'm so glad that she took the license and went for it because it was great. And I feel like it was because of her and her performance specifically, not lines but her performance and her facial expressions and her mannerisms that this material was as watchable as it was in the end i, I really do think that
2: her entrance saying hiya skanks was oh the God. only time i laughed in the course of this yeah <laughs> me too yep, yep yep she just was so fun i mean i think that now it might be a good strategy with these scripted acting challenges to take the part that has like the, the least number of lines but enters last because i'm thinking about monique in this i'm thinking about uh asia o'hara as parasailing in breastworld and like both of those that were able to win challenges by just being someone who comes in late makes a big kerfuffle and just brings a new energy to it it draws all eyes to you as a default and so it's easier for you to stand out so i think it was i think it was awesome that she was able to pick the part she definitely benefited from the fact that Kristen was Johnson was only in one episode of it and Monique didn't know that much about it. So she basically just did her own take on it. I'm she, glad she did she, not.
4: Well, I, I, I was going to say she did Monique, but I
2: don't think that's true. I think, I think, I think she tried to characterize it a little bit. Do you well, think- yeah, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad they did not settle with a uh, Keijo doing like Bell's palsy, talking out of one side of her mouth and twitching. Uh, that might've been a bit too far, but I think that she really, she brought, she injected it with what it needed, uh, you know, in an attempt again to elevate, this writing, uh, and I think that her kitty cat look was just so much fun. I think she took Trinity's concept and just blew it out the water, where, you know, maybe her cat suit was not as seamless as hers was, but she had so many great accessories to draw the eye from it, between the belt that had the foil as you were holding it, it's more like a coat hanger, and these boots and the hat. It was just something that we don't typically see Monique do. Uh, you know, her usual Look is actually what she'll wear for the lip sync for your legacy, uh, which is basically just like putting on fabric that she can tear off, uh, you know, at different points during the lip sync. This was just so great to watch her, you know, wear. And I think she's built a lot of great momentum going into this finale. I don't know if it's going to mean jack shit, considering we don't know exactly what's going to happen in the finale. I would love to speculate about that after we talk through this episode. But Very, very good episode for Monique. She was number one with a bullet, in my mind, in this episode.
4: Yeah, I want to say really quickly that um, I am so happy for Monique personally. After, I feel like she got the shaft a few times during season 10, and I don't feel like she got the um, kudos that I felt like she should have, and I feel like maybe the show didn't quite get her. I feel like they get her now, and thus she's succeeding. I saw the preview for next week, and RuPaul was like, So what's the difference between last season and this season? And she's like, bitch, I'm winning. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so here for her. I love her brand of drag so much. When I think of a drag queen, I think of Monique Hart and what she brings to the table because she gives me spontaneity and fun. And I'm, I can tell if you went to a Monique Hart show, you're going to have the time of your life. She's going to be – a she's just like Mon, Monet too, but um, Monique more than anything is just somebody who I'm so excited. And I'm glad – well, look, here's the thing. Whether she wins or loses, um, and I, I think she's probably going to lose, but if she ends up losing – I feel like she still won because she was in every episode. She got to show her drag. We got to see that she can lip sync. She can learn her lines. She does know how to memorize. She is professional. She has a lot of different takes she can do for drag. And I feel like she's a winner in the end. You know what I mean? I, I hate it's not I, I know we all hate that when you know that's Rob's favorite or least favorite thing, when losers say, Well, I'm the winner, but I do in some ways feel like that Monique win or lose can say I'm the winner.
3: definitely giving me a little bit of Aja vibes from All-Stars Season 3 where, you know, you have somebody who, I mean, I know that there are differences in their stories, but, you know, you get to see someone come back and really have a little bit of a redemption um, is really nice. And a surprise. Yeah, like, I was surprised. Like, I can't
4: believe she's doing as well as she is and I'm so here for it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, same. I I mean I thought I was like, okay, we have the three cannon fodder and then probably Monique Hart is the next Yes! One. Thank you. That's, yes, yes. That's what I thought. Yeah, and no, yeah. that's not what happened. I'm and I'm I'm she does. She just makes me really happy. I know that oh my gosh, with the gooped and the brown cow stunning, I thought it was gonna be annoying, but it didn't end up being, and, and I'm really happy for her. I will say also, I wish they'd lip synced in their cat suits, and this could be the cats fan deep inside me, but I was really disappointed.
2: Oh, they could have lip synced to Skimble Shake as the railway cat. That would have <laughs> had, imagine them like doing death drops, said that to Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, I would die. I would, I would die. I've been
3: here for it. Uh, well,
2: let's, let's get to these deliberations here, because I do want to give kudos to the editors here, where I think they sort of built up this idea that Naomi's choice had changed the game a bit. As to how you might decide to get rid of people. Especially given that this is the final cut. Before the finale. You know it's like in Survivor. When you say okay we got to vote out this. And Back in the day you used to say let's vote out this person at final four. So that we all make it to the final three. Uh, so I think there might have been a mentality in there. Of like let's get rid of some heavy competition. You know if uh, so we have a better chance of winning. I think if Trinity was in the bottom. That definitely could have happened. I'm going to give major credit to Trinity here. I love that she turned these deliberations. Back on the bottom queens. By being like well, who would you have eliminated? And basically causing their own sort of internal drama so that uh, Trinity might be less culpable if a different outcome happens. Liana, do you have any thoughts about these deliberations?
3: Um, yeah, I, well... (laughs) I thought it was funny that, that Trinity did that because she was the one who was preaching at the beginning of the episode that she, you know, was still going to go based on the report card. Um, and so at the same time, I was like, well, I mean, I guess maybe Nate, we could see Naomi go because she did the worst in the challenge. But most likely it's Latrice. And and sure enough, it was Latrice. So I think, um you know, I think that the deliberations definitely brought in some drama. But uh, personally, I just figured that it was going to be Latrice going. But you know what? I felt that last weekend. And was uh, very much surprised. So maybe I wouldn't have, or would have been equally surprised this week if something else had gone on. Yeah,
4: I feel like the editors did a good job of making me believe that the possibility of Naomi going home was a reality. I really yeah. did think that Naomi going home was going to happen. I, I, I was hoping. I think all of I, I think all of fandom wanted it to happen. I think if Trinity had pulled Naomi's lipstick, I think everybody would have been standing her as, as if they aren't already. I feel like they, they really are uh, they would really be behind Trinity, um, but nah. Uh, she, <laughs> it was just, it was just uh, her going off the report card. Maybe she thought she'd look shady if she eliminated Naomi. I don't know what Trinity's true feelings were. She did say in the beginning, you know, I I think y'all are shady, but thank you very much. Like I I have to believe that maybe now that she's in the top and she knows she can't be voted out because she she knows that the final four is the finale. That. Now she's relaxed, but before she was a little bit nervous because she could have ended up in the bottom three and been eliminated, but now she can't be eliminated, so maybe she feels better. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly where she's coming from, but uh I, I never really believed that she would eliminate anybody other than Latrice. But it did the way it was edited, I did hold out hope that I could be gobsmacked again and Naomi could go home.
2: Oh man. Imagine playing such a long game that you thought, okay. Naomi's is probably gonna piss off fans in eliminating Manila right now. If I eliminate her, that's gonna win me so many points. It's like playing three D chess with Drag Race All Stars. And she could've owned
4: it too. She could have been like, you know what, this is for Manila, bitch. <laughs>
3: it it kind of reminds me of the genius where when you send someone home, then you get all of their points. (laughs) And so like by virtue of a limit, like because you know, Naomi eliminated Manila. So now Trinity gets both Manila and Naomi's points. Totally makes sense.
2: (laughs) Well, let's go into the lip sync here. When I think of you by Janet Jackson, I would say both of them did well. I think it was a very entertaining lip sync from both of them though. I personally would have gone with Trinity just because I think Trinity was getting some of those laugh lines with the hair mussing. And Monique, while I do love the way that she lip syncs, particularly her energy, I think we've seen a bunch of times her sort of throw off her clothes, particularly when she lip synced against Latrice a few episodes ago. So, you know, it, it was a bit same old, same old, but I enjoyed both of their performances overall. They really had these crisp moves on lock, Janet Jackson style. French, you have any thoughts about it? Yeah, I probably would have leaned more towards Monique, but I could tell that they
4: were not giving anything away editing-wise. They really wanted us to guess who was going to win in the end. It wasn't one of those times where you have uh, cuts of the different queens who are standing behind them going, oh, wow, she's really turning it out. No, and then, then, oh, she's not really bringing it this time. No, we we got none of that. It was basically two queens out there working their ass off. I am very curious to see if... uh, Monique would have eliminated Latrice as well. I think she probably would have, but if she did not, then I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat and be like, I think that's probably why Rue picked Trinity in the end. Also the fact that Trinity now has uh, a bit of a tiebreaker over Monet in terms of they both have, I think, what, was it three or four wins? Or She has four wins now and she has Monet Monet has three. Yeah, and she has two lip-sync wins whereas Monet only has one. Uh, So... Uh, Yeah, she's got to be the odds-on favorite going into the the finale. And maybe Ruth senses that and wants to give her the win. I don't know. Or maybe she just won it outright in RuPaul's eyes. Maybe there is nothing to see here. But um, I'm interested to see what, what lipstick Monique had pulled.
3: Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Trinity did the best in the lip sync, but I thought that Monique did a serviceable job, and I thought the fact that Monique clearly did so much better than everyone else in the challenge, that she was still going to ultimately get the win in yeah, the end.
4: That's the thing. Yeah, I was really bummed about that. Yeah, she 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 deserved to win based on the challenge, not the lip sync, and I thought that was going to put her over the top. I agree with you.
3: Yeah, I, I, and I don't know if this was a case of, of since she can't take her wig off, she's going to take her clothes off, and Rue is just <gasps> like, God damn it, staple those clothes to you, girl. <laughs> uh, and so she was just mad about that, but although I guess Trinity had a reveal also, which both were underwhelming.
4: Yeah, and they were both tired. Let me just say that the reveals were tired. They were, yeah. they, were they were. not good. I was not- it's I not was, RuPaul's reveal
2: race, okay? I, I was not entertained, <laughs> people. I was not ent- entertained.
3: The reveals this season have been ho- horrible. Like all, with, of with,
2: with the exception, in my opinion, of Gia Gunn, yeah, uh, in in the Lala Perusa, I thought she, that was one where I'm like genuinely like, wow, I did not expect that to turn from one thing into another thing. And I will say, actually, my, I think my favorite part might have been Trinity doing this sort of like whipping her hair back and forth and then jumping into a kneel. Obviously, I'm sure she had pads on, but I can imagine that that hurt all the plastic in her body. Uh, so <laughs> kudos kudos to both of them for putting out a very energetic, vivacious performance uh but trinity takes it here and sends latrice home to answer your question brent i believe some nancy drews uh t- took a look at the next time on footage and i believe if you look really closely you can see that Mon- uh, monique had eliminated latrice as well okay. so it seems like a foregone conclusion no matter what though we always adopt any tinfoil hats here they're, yes. they're always fun to pick through yes mm. bb is the mall. Yes.
4: <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs> no, it was candy uh, ah. on Big Brother. It was
2: ah. the mole. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, that's actually a great segue into going into this finale because I am so pumped about these top four queens. They are not who I would expect. Uh, I think of going into this season, I would have said my top four would have probably been Manila, Trinity, Monet, maybe Valentina, maybe Latrice. So I did not expect this particular configuration of four, but I feel like maybe unlike other All Star seasons, each one of them brought something unique to the table. They each had at least one moment this season where they really turned it out. And I can't, I'll admit, I can't legitimately see all of them winning. But if all, of, if one of them did win, I would be at least comfortable with saying, okay, they did some stuff that would garner that title. Liana, how do you feel about this final four as we go into the finale?
3: So I'm just looking at the report card. Um, so I know Trinity had four wins, um, but had two like win-wins uh, where she actually won the lip sync and got to send someone home. And she was only in the bottom once. Um, Monet and Monique both had three wins and one win-win um, and seemed to be in the bottom twice. They're both in the bottom twice. So for me, it's Monet and Monique. Uh, as sort of that second slot. I don't know. And then I see Trinity is sort of the front runner to win. So I think if we're going to do a similar situation where we go from four to two, I think it's going to be Trinity and then either one of Monique and Monet. Probably Monet because Monique doesn't seem to get a lot of of love, although she has been doing it the more or getting more love this season. Uh, But I think Naomi probably will not win. I think it's going to be between a Trinity and then one of either Monet and Monique.
4: Yeah, I would probably co-sign that. As far as the tinfoil hat theory goes, based on what they showed us in the preview, um, I'm going to
2: guess that. Uh, well, b- looked- before before we do that, I'll just put I'll just put out a quick little warning here because I do want to do some speculation as well. Oh, okay, okay. okay I, yeah. I, I think we're gonna de- we're gonna. Well, de- I don't know right anything.
4: I, I know shit. I know Jack. I'm just going off the preview.
2: Yeah, so that might be the subtitle of this podcast in general. <laughs> by the way. We don't know shit. Uh, but, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna segue into some some possible. Uh, speculation as to what next week would provide if you don't want to think about that if you just want to keep Drag Race out of your brain until this finale on Friday night go ahead and tune out now thank you so much for listening I just want to give that quick warning to not you know, spoil people that, that don't want to be spoiled but Brent go ahead what, what are the thoughts that you have about it?
4: I think that the three previous winners of All-Stars are going to come back and they are going to be the jury and they are going to determine the top <sighs> two I think that's what's going to happen
2: why? <laughs>
4: I because I think that Ru likes the idea of a jury. However, I think that you are kidding yourself if you don't think that RuPaul has at least some input in terms of what Chad, Alaska, and who else want Oh, Trixie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shangela. Yeah, incidental shade.
4: <laughs> yeah, incidental shade, sorry. Um, but you're kidding yourself if you don't think that Rue has any input. In, like, the, She's not going to let them make some wackadoodle decision and put, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, Naomi and Monique as the top two. Uh, I mean, not that they wouldn't deserve it, but I just don't see it happening. Um, I feel like that this is Rue's response to last season in that she wants a little bit of a twist at the end, but on the other hand, she's not willing to... To put it in the hands of a bunch of crazies who are gonna who are gonna mess up what she wants. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's what I think is gonna happen. And I think that uh, I think it's gonna be. I agree with Liana. I think it's gonna be Latrice and probably Monet at the end. Although I really want it to be Monique. I really want it to be Monique. I really want. It.
1: The coronavirus is creating chaos around the globe, which could destabilize the U.S. economy in the months to come. That is a devastating risk if you are heavy in stocks with no safeguard. Wise investors know to hedge against stock market collapse by investing in gold and precious metals. Noble Gold can help you protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Whether you're a new collector of rare coins or a seasoned investor looking to diversify your portfolio, Noble Gold can help. Visit NobleGoldInvestments.com to learn more. That's noblegoldinvestments.com
4: I feel like they've been throwing Monet under the bus a little bit in terms of what they've shown confessional-wise in the past few weeks. She's kind of looked like a bitch, and she's kind of looked a little hypocritical in her confessionals. I wanted her to get eliminated solely because of the fact that she pulled Manila's lipstick, and then 45 minutes later, she's going on about the fact that, well, Trinity, you know, she might be shady when if she pulls my name, and then I might go home. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about, bitch, shady? Like, what were, what were you 45 minutes ago? Like, uh, so, yeah. Uh, we'll see.
3: <laughs> I just really love the phrase doodle." Yes. <laughs> That's what I got from that rant, friend. I wasn't really listening because I was thinking about the word <laughs> doodle." That's so good. I'm going to start using that. Oh, my God. We're in for just such a doodle finale. Oh, it's uh-huh. so good. Okay. All right. I'm here for it.
2: I totally understand the concept of bringing in these three winners to figure out who will, who deserves to be the next one to join the Drag Race Hall of Fame. But it's ridiculous, it is wackadoodle, if three people who haven't seen the season come See, in. See, I said this last yeah. week, and you
4: poo-pooed me. I, were, were we on the air when you poo-pooed me or not? <laughs> no, pooping went on off the air, unfortunately. Okay, yeah, I, I said this to you guys. I said, I think this is what's going to happen. Uh, maybe, I said, maybe this will happen. And you're like, well, they haven't even seen, they haven't even seen the season. And I'm like, Is that, has that ever stopped reality TV before?
2: <laughs> it's just it's just ridiculous. It's like if they did Survivor or Big Brother and they said, okay, these nine people that got voted off before you, Final Three, they're not going to vote. Instead, we're going to bring in some nine random people who haven't even who heard Who I can of the control,
4: show. yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's where it's coming from. I swear to God, that's the reason why. I don't mean to interrupt,
4: but I feel like that's the reason why, because of what happened last season with Kennedy somehow making it into the top two, even though, she, I mean, I think she deserved it. It's just that I wanted it to be Kennedy and Shangela, not Kennedy and Trixie. Basically, people voted for their friends, and I think that's what Rue didn't like, and so now she's like, well, you know what? I think these three people will be fair, and also if they make some wackadoodle decision, then I can probably say, hey, are you really sure you want to you wanna do that? Okay, yeah, so uh, you, you didn't mean mm. that, right?
2: Yeah, so I feel like mm-hmm. that that's where this is coming from, so we'll see. I understand, like, the the nice situation of it as well, and that it, it's, you know, talking about the legacy and, like, we're choosing you to join us. And, I mean, like you said, I think Rue might have some control in terms of, like, okay, this is what's been going on behind the scenes, and I'm assuming they'll have a chance to plead their case as well. Uh, and I do like the image of the three of them presenting the scepter and the crowd. It does bring this holiness to the Drag Race Hall of Fame that they talk about each and every episode.
4: Can I talk about the elephant in the room? So, the, the, uh, first of all, I think Trinity deserves. No, we to talked win. about Latrice's dress. Ah, uh-huh. uh, I, I think. Look, I think, I think Trinity deserves to win. I think that she has done the most. I think she's the most polished queen up there. I think she deserves the crown. I cannot escape though. And for those of you who are going to come for me, why? Why you got to bring up race, Brent? Why is it always got to be about race? Right? Why? Why you bring that? Because we live in the fucking real world, and there is something where it's going to get talked about on social media if they bring back three fucking white queens who are in the Hall of Fame when we know one of them was supposed to be Shangela, but now it's three white queens, and you've got three queens of color and one white queen in the finale, and they're going to crown the white bitch. That's what people on social media are not going to like. So I think Trinity is fighting an uphill battle here in terms of getting the win. I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. Uh, The one thing that's going to help her is I feel like social media, there's a large part of social media that's in favor of her because she sort of escapes the stench of eliminating Manila and being in favor of that. So it's like, we feel like she's more fair than Naomi or Monet. Um, I mean, I feel I feel like if you ask ask social media right now, hands down, it would be Trinity and Monique in the top two. Um, yeah, I'm looking.
2: I'm looking right yeah. now at the uh, RuPaul's Draggers when they said, "Okay, you use hashtag Team Trinity, hashtag Team Naomi, hashtag Team Monique, and hashtag Team Monet" uh, to be like who you want to see win. And Trinity is by far out in the lead with almost ten thousand retweets. Um Naomi's in second with almost seven thousand, then Monique with almost four thousand, and then Monet with about. 2700 so Ooh. again th- these metrics are arbitrary and redactive we saw the acclaim behind Katia winning all stars 2 from social media and that ended up not really amounting to a hill of beans so we don't really know how much is taken into consideration uh, but it's also it's to your point Brent it's something interesting to look at in terms of how the internet feels about these four
4: yeah, I Leon, are you with me in terms of this being a little bit of a problem? Like are they really gonna crown another white bitch? Are they really gonna do that?
3: Well, and it's so funny too, because we talked about it at the beginning of the season, oh they're you know, what a diverse season yeah. we have. They, we they
2: even we talked you know? about it this episode, which was awesome of them saying yeah. like, Hey, it's it's the final five is for the Queens of Color and Trinity.
3: Yeah. And Trinity. And it was Trinity and Farah were, you know, the two. So Farah, no offense, honey, but like, I think there were a lot of us that can never <laughs> picture seeing uh, her win. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the optics of it aren't great. And uh, I mean, they can't get around that. That's like just that's a fact. Facts are facts, America.
4: That's why I think RuPaul's so mad about what happened last season. And, I, you know, I guess she could have crowned Kennedy. So maybe she could have fixed it then. Uh, but why why'd she have the fucking crown Trixie? I'm still so mad about that. I'm so mad about that. I swear if that costs Trinity her crown, I'm gonna be mad. I'm gonna be mad. But, oh well. But I, you know what? I'm not gonna be that mad because... Queens of color have not been getting their due in the drag community for a long time, and I feel like that RuPaul's Drag Race is a reflection of the community in some ways, and they are no different. And so, if uh, if Monique or Naomi uh, or Monet win, they have certainly earned it. Um, there's no. Here's the thing: there's nobody who's undeserving in Completely the final four. Completely agree. I love all four of these queens.
2: I think that last season, if as much as I love the memeiness of Bibi Zahara Benet, I think if she had won. We'd all be kind of scratching our heads. Same with Rockstein All-Stars 2. And I really do feel like for the first time in this modern All-Stars incarnation, like I was saying before, this feels like a really strong top four where I think mm-hmm. each of them could make a case for, here were a few minute- moments where I did not do so well, but here are a few moment- moments where I absolutely knocked the stage down and everyone went gaga for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah.
3: I, uh, yeah, I'm actually sorry. I was just thinking back to when you were talking about the numbers and sort of the ranking of the tweets um, based on what team you are. Um, I think it's interesting that Naomi is in the second place slot. Um, I would have thought it would have been Monique as well. But I think that that maybe is just my own personal bias of, of really liking
4: Monique. I think it's people who are coming to her defense um, Mm. who are reflexively defending her and want to support her because she got so much racist bullshit coming at her from when she decided to eliminate Manila. I feel like that's Mm. the reason why she's getting as much support as she is.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think that if I'm, I don't want to, you know, paint with a wide brush here or a big old roller side to side, even though Jesus told me not to, it (laughs) seems like Monique in general is I think the sentimental favorite of the top four uh, just because I think that she sort of won people over their personality. You made a great point before Brent about how I think she really proved herself. Whereas maybe her aesthetic was not necessarily matching up with the judges in season 10. I think she probably had the most to prove and she ended up doing so. I've been, you know, cruising the subreddit and it seems like everyone is in on a either Trinity or Monique win in general. So if those were the top two, I think the internet would be completely warmed over, but I don't want to sleep on those other two because Naomi had a nice sort of build at the end, and Monet, while she has, has hit some valleys, she's had some pretty big peaks as well. For the woman who never won any maxi challenges, she won three this season. So again, it's a it's a really strong top four.
4: I Are you guys with me in terms of, I, I feel like that, okay, I don't know where this is coming from. Either Monet has been a bitch the entire season, or the editors are really showing all of her bitchiness this season. Because in her confessionals, I do feel like Monet comes off a bit Hard. She comes mm-hmm. off a bit
3: uh, off putting. Yeah. There's just something off putting
2: about it. it like, is. There is. She's, the she's the like, charm, little, she's bitter. Yeah. The,
3: yeah. Like the charm that was there before, there it seems to be missing a little bit. So, yeah, that's why actually the fact that she's in sort of the last place slot doesn't really surprise me because I think it's been subtle, but that's how I've been feeling yes. about her. Yes. it uh, subtle. In her yes. confessionals. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I haven't personally been seeing it. Maybe it's because I'm thinking about Monet maybe differently. From season ten, I mean, she got voted on by the girls. It wasn't like America was necessarily voting for her. She was miscongeniality among the people that she was playing with. So maybe they decided to sort of twist that a bit to show her differently to the audience. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I, I I think that's weak sauce, though. I I think I think there's been shady moments from winning queens before. I mean, the fact that their All Stars two winner was begging on her hands and knees, you know. Uh, making offers to wire money into people's PayPal accounts. (laughs) Why didn't
4: you eliminate her detox? Oh, my God. Oh, I still think about that. Like, you could have won
2: detox. Oh, my God. Well, well, (laughs) to finish things off, I do want to go around the horn here, and let's put in our picks here. Liana, come next Friday when we are watching this episode and preparing for our finale podcast, who is going to take the crown here and earn the fourth spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame?
4: oh
3: i really think it's gonna be trinity i guess i don't know i could i could see a world in okay not naomi sorry no offense naomi i love you but like no i don't think naomi's gonna win i think it's probably gonna end up coming down between monet and trinity i agree and i could see a world in which monet wins
2: i i had the exact same thought that i think that trinity makes a lot of sense from a report card and performance perspective but i think monet has built a solid resume for herself and i could see those top two somehow monet is able to eke it out because you also look at like you know trixie finished in sixth she finished in sixth you know on her original season so it's not like maybe someone like monique who didn't do too well in her first season and then suddenly becomes part of the drag race hall of fame is a bit more of a head scratcher if you look at it on paper but i i definitely agree that those are the top two and it just depends on what they sort of value in their choices brent what are you thinking i mean
4: this is like um the old survivor sucks like brain heart and guts like i feel like my brain is telling me that trinity will win my gut is telling me that monet will win and my heart is telling me that monique will win um so that's what i want
2: (laughs) yeah i do i do think as, as fierce as naomi has been i do feel like if the winners are indeed determining the top two they're gonna look at naomi's record and be like oh she only won one challenge okay well that's an easy person to cut so unfortunately i know you said brent like if she cut manila she better be doing this to you know further her spot in the game and Unfortunately, it might end up due to twistery to having her go out uh, in the first group. Yeah, here, and but. unfortunately
4: for her, none of those winners had to deal with anything like that, any shadiness like that, you know what I mean? like they they all won based on beating anybody they possibly could at the end. It wasn't like Alaska won because somebody else knocked off, you know, detox before the final four or something. Uh, so there, she's not gonna find a sympathetic ear by saying, "Hey, I took out Manila. I really want this crown." I don't think they're gonna if if that's indeed what we're ha- what's happening for the finale, and I don't know that it is. I'm just guessing based off the preview. I could be totally fucking wrong. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. But I don't think it's gonna help her
2: next mm-hmm. week. Also, in the preview, we're gonna see our usual uh four person music video challenge. This one to uh, Super Queen. Uh, I am super excited, even though. Maybe Todrick's edit and the way he's displayed on Drag Race has been rubbing us the wrong way. The products speak for themselves, and this is, again, a very, very talented group of four, in terms of choreography especially, so I can only imagine the product that it's going to put out. It might put Kitty Girl to shame, and will definitely put Sex and the Kitty Girl 3 to shame as well. So I'm, I'm excited to wrap this season up. It's been an enjoyable season overall that might have hit a few bumps in the road along the way, but I'm really pumped about this Final Four, and I'm excited to... Break it all down, take a hot minute to breathe before we dive into season eleven.
3: Yeah, me too. I I am I feel really good about this top four. And I'm just excited for the conclusion. Uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of burnout that's definitely happening. And so I'm I'm excited for this to be over and to really see the conclusion. And of course the music videos are always just so much fun. So to have that come back as well, um, I think will be really nice. And I I we just have to wait and see who wins. I'm excited.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it with you both next week. To have you all give us your thoughts as well. You can follow all of us on social media. Brent is at one lucky gay spelled O N E. Liana is at Liana Boris L I A N A B O R A A S. I'm at a Mike Bloom type. Uh, let us know your thoughts about this episode, about the challenge, about the outcome, about who you have as a pick for the finals, and. Uh, the winner and what might be happening with these former winners. Also, check out the great stuff that these two are uh, doing on Celebrity Big Brother, though I guess we just had the last Liana Saturday of this season, but it'll be back soon for uh, Big Brother Canada 7. It
4: never ends. It's like passing a stone. Oh, no, never (laughs) Uh,
3: Bitch, I'm stuck in your
2: kidneys. (laughs) And Liana and I will also be uh, getting together this week to do our b Survivor preview special. Reality TV is alive and well in February of 2019, so we are not going anywhere anytime soon. We will calcify like that kidney stone, and hopefully it's not too painful for you to listen to us. Uh, so, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week to talk through what is sure to be an incredible finale of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 4. For now, you may sashay away.
3: Bye!
1: The coronavirus is creating chaos around the globe, which could destabilize the U.S. economy in the months to come. That is a devastating risk if you are heavy in stocks with no safeguard. Wise investors know to hedge against stock market collapse by investing in gold and precious metals. Noble Gold can help you protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Whether you're a new collector of rare coins or a seasoned investor looking to diversify your portfolio, Noble Gold can help. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com to
0: learn more. That's Noble gold Investments